two senseis and a casual. that note let's get started this is another episode of true hip-hop senseis and casual i'm your host b wheezy and all i ever needed was one mic scotty pippen mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> i'm derived <laughs> nice to meet you guys <laughs> we know you already they don't <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Well, you never know if you get new listeners, man. You know what I'm saying? Because we keep saying our names every day. So that's very true. Well, I am Drew, and today we are smoking on the finest cannabis of called Lemon Diesel, straight from Ferndale. I think I got it. From. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping Drew can get through this episode. Cause trying to do like a trying to do like an infomercial. Yeah, man. Before we go any further, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. We are on Apple, Spotify, Google and anchor uh, all of our links in one spot shout out to draw for the link tree all of our links are there and also be sure to follow us on instagram at two hip hop senseis period a period casual um we appreciate all the love and support and if you're real really loyal as always be sure to tell a friend to tell their friends about our podcast we could be friends I was going to say, you know, Cardi B, the accomplishment she had, Gerard, you know, kind of stole my thunder a little bit. But, um, you know, this week, Invasion of Privacy became the first album in history to have all of its songs certified on the RIAA Platinum or higher. Um, I feel like we just said last week, like Cardi, or maybe that was a week before about her accomplishments, kind of how we take it for granted. But yeah. this is amazing. Like the first ever, I feel like somebody had to do that. Like Gerard, you mentioned the biggie um album and the the anniversary of that i feel like no biggie albums ever did it like that I, it's incredible People already heard them all they don't want to hear them anymore no it's just it's not just that it's the way that music is consumed nowadays like you didn't listen to singles as much as you listened to the whole album back in the day in 97 so you listen to um songs now people can just pick a song and play it over and over and over mm-hmm. like cardi's album i'll compare cardi in no way, shape, and form, I'm saying Cardi is the same as this person. But I'll compare Cardi's album to Michael Jackson's Thriller album. Is that every song? Listen, listen. No, listen. no, I hear no. There's no slander. This is every song. Every song was um, conducted to be like a, a hit record. That's yeah. the way Thriller is, is uh, was created. So that's the way that Cardi's album was consumed. So every song on Cardi's album can basically be a song on Billboard, and that's why all of the songs went platinum. You know the craziest thing about it? It's only been one album. Right, right. One album. That's it. And she, like, I don't. I haven't even heard rumors of a second album. I mean, Up was a good single, but you know, is that going to be on her second album, or is she going to wait not. another three years? Probably not. It's going to be a whole new body of work. Whoosh. Yeah, that's a, that's very impressive. I like that comparison, and we're going to have to talk about this one day because I really want to get into the fact that I always get into debates about whether Thriller was better than um, Off the Wall. I, I, Off the Wall is a better album. But it's not. Can, but yeah, again, this is why we're definitely going to get into that debate. we definitely going to get into that debate. You didn't debate. do it. Let, <laughs> today, because it's not a Michael Jackson day. I do like no. that analogy, though. I wasn't slandering you when you started. It was... We were starting on a journey, and I was just—I was just trying to see where we was going with it. But you, you took us to a great destination, so I appreciate you. 
Um, but the only other thing I had was 10 years ago, Future Drop, same damn time. And it don't even seem like it's been 10 years, right. man. Right. Yeah. Like, that's that's incredible. But, um, yeah, Gerard, that was a great analogy. And uh, it leads me to, actually, I had a section I wanted to discuss. It's songs you might be shocked never charted in the top 10 of the Billboard. So mm. we're going to have a lot of fun this episode. So I just want to get into this. Start it off with a bang. Uh, Drew, if you want, you could use the mic. Bring bang! 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 <laughs> let's get it started, man. So the first one I have is... Uh, I don't fuck with you by Big Sean. That top at number eleven. Wow! And wow. a lot of these are shocking because I feel like you just heard a lot of these songs so much, and maybe it's because of the radio stations we listen to. But I just assume they were literally everywhere. So yeah, uh, that's the first one. The London I assume was also within the top ten because at one point you heard that everywhere. But the highest that charted was number twelve. Is that the Young Thug, Travis Young Scott Thug. song? Yep. I never liked it. Never liked yeah, it. I really? I never cared for it. Yeah, I won this song that was top 10. That beat was fire. And it was close. It was at number 12. So, you know, close to no yeah. cigar, I guess. <laughs> uh, Low Life, The Weeknd, and Future, that top at number 18. Hmm. Another one where, again, I feel like I would, I would hear that literally everywhere I was going. Like, I, I was very surprised by that. The next one, even more surprise, Drake, Marvin's Room, number 21. Wow. Okay. Is that the first one where you you, you, you shocked, Drew? Uh, yeah. I feel like that song was everywhere when we were in college. No, but like, I you could like literally... I heard it everywhere, but I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have thought that it was top 10. You know what it is, too? A lot of us had CD players, we had aux cords, and we had iPods then, too. So I feel like every time I heard it, someone was playing it, playing it. already yeah. downloaded, you know? Yeah. So, But my thing with that is, I feel like at this time, I was still listening to the radio a little bit. And oh, yeah. I remember, like, specifically clicking on, like, two or three different radio stations, and all of them, at one point, having Marvin's Room. Like, that was just everywhere. But I... Are you drunk right now? But they were, they were all urban stations, right? So 979, I 97.9, 107.1. Not necessarily. I feel like Marvin's Room was something you could hear on 955, and I could be completely wrong. But I feel like that was something that everybody knew. But maybe I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> Power, Kanye. It oh, only that's top, surprising. That's top out at 22. Um, yeah. The song that took 5,000 man hours to make. Right. Yeah, that, was, that was crazy. <laughs> um, energy. And I didn't get the artist. I assume Energy was the one from Drake. I, I might need to double check this, but it topped out at number 26. From if you're reading this. Yeah. Uh, hmm. No Role Models topped out at 36. Wow. Which, okay. That one's surprising. Yeah, that's surprising okay. Too. So that's it took, a, a, I think this is number <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven for you guys to finally be surprised. Nope. <laughs> I was surprised in Marvin's room. <laughs> Y'all was surprised. Okay. I'll give you that, Drew. Pick up the phone. Topped out at number 43. Pick up, up the phone was everywhere. Room. Pick oh. up the phone, baby. No. You you not surprised? By, y'all not surprised? No. Okay. No. Uh, <clears throat> Butterfly effect. <laughs> Butterfly effect. Effect. Uh, that's such a tongue twister. Butterfly effect topped out at number fifty. No surprise there. I feel like I heard that one a lot, but not on the radio. Butterfly effect by who? Travis. Well, that proves that Gerard doesn't think that should have been. I thought this was really gonna be a list full of gems, but um. Anywho, last but not least, have. Topped out at number 51, and this was Stan by Eminem. 
Oh, oh my get the God. fuck out of here. Okay, wow. that's the reaction. I thought that's, I was going to get more no, out. I get it. You saved the best for last. I get it. I get it. No, so I can't take credit for that because that was the lowest number on the list. But Holy moly. I, I just wanted to ask y'all, you know, obviously y'all no. kind of provided the answers, but no, any surprises that was here? literally played everywhere. Like, I'm trying to think the order the the order the singles came out was real slim shady, then the way I am, then I think Stan was third, but right. that means the album was probably already out for like five, oh, wow. six months. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, no. like I was <laughs> that no. song was huge. That's all right. The video okay, was that, huge that's too. The, the video that's the, was that's the biggest one where I think like that's wild that Stan yeah. wasn't high. Like even if it wasn't top ten, fifty, that's insane. Like that's crazy. Wow, that's crazy. See, that's all I wanted. Like I that's finally got it. List, it took a while. Man. We finally got there, but I got it. So yeah, you know. But so you're you know, about you're about six. How how many did we think were crazy? Like so four. I, I can recap four, the list. So I don't fuck with you, Big Sean. Topped out that's at eleven. One. Yeah, that's one. The London. You guys said no, no to that. Nope. Low life. The weekend and future. Nope. Noted that okay, so still at one Marvin's room. Yes, I thought I'm not surprised. No, I one and a half. All right, uh, power <laughs> Kanye, yes. yeah, two and a half energy. I don't think anybody was surprised. No, no. no role models. Um, nah, not really. No. Okay, two and a half. Pick up the phone. No, nah. all right, two and a half still. Butterfly <laughs> effect. Nope. Two and a half still, okay. <clears throat> and Stan, so we had three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I gave myself four. I gave myself four. Okay, three and a half slash four. I, that's know, not bad though. That yeah, that Stan one's bad. crazy. That's that's the wildest one. That's the biggest one. Yeah, yeah. So power just, too, but I mean, then you think of Stan and power. Stan just seemed like it was way bigger. Yeah, no, yeah. better. I mean, bigger. I would, than I would assume Stan was way bigger. I'm pretty sure Stan still sold a lot though. I'm sure, oh, without a doubt. Yeah, but. Yeah, just how I wanted to get this episode started, man. So, you know, like I said, we're going to start this episode off with... Uh... Bang! 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 <laughs> That's how you get the ball rolling, dude. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, let's pivot now to fellas to what have we listened to slash watch. Um, as I, again, you know, get better, feel more like myself. I'm just starting to knock out music again. Uh, it's starting to be fun. But I had a question I wanted to ask both of you before we get into it. So, my second surprise of the day. The question I wanted to ask you guys are album or mixtape outros important anymore? I feel like at one time in music, there was a significance of your last song. Um, the one I always think of is Last Call with Kanye. Mm-hmm. Went on for, I think, like maybe 12 minutes. But like I listen to that every time I come across it, the entire song. Um, you know, outros are something to shout out. You said what? It's a great story. Excellent story. Um, it, it was something where, you know, shout outs or maybe giving a story about what it took. Uh, I think J. Cole did it more recently when I would yeah. listen to some of his projects. But, like, I just noticed now outros, it seemed like the last song. It's almost sometimes you get to the song and, like, you don't even know it's the last song if you're not paying attention. It's just mm-hmm. like random, you know, last little bit, and then it's done, and you listen to a whole nother artist or, you know, if you're on shuffle mode. So I just want to ask you, too, and, Drew, I'll start with you. Do you feel like outros are important anymore? Do you think they were ever important? I just want to kind of see what y'all thought about it. If you got a great concept album, it is very important to have a great outro, like a great way to wrap up your story and just finalize everything you need to on the last track. I like a lot of times where an artist will probably do like a verse or two, like no chorus, just kind of let the beat ride out for a minute and let it fade out. Like to me, that's a great way to end the album. But like, I was thinking recently, too, about Lil Durk's album. A lot of people were complaining about that country song being the outro for the album, you know? 
yeah. like what a weak way to end on a smash hit kind of or what right. could be a smash hit but mixtapes mixtapes it never really mattered to me i just i mean a lot of the times it's a collection of songs that are just you know there. if you like them you like them if not delete them but for an album i think for sure for like it definitely needs a strong outro yeah i agree like for an album it depends on what you what you want the album to do like i've heard several albums like if i think of the little wayne carter series he always has strong intros and outros um mm-hmm. But you know, he was trying to tell a story. The last outro I can remember that was strong is uh, an album that y'all didn't really care for, but the Wale album. He had a very strong outro, uh, Beverly, oh, yeah. with his outro. So, like, Beverly Boulevard. So, like, it depends on what you're trying to do. Like, if you're trying to end it strong, like, it ain't, it don't even have to be like a wrap up of the album, but just a strong song. Like, you know, like, all right, this is the end. I'm trying to leave you with a banger. Like, so yeah, it's important. Right. It, it helps you, like, if you have a strong intro and a strong uh, outro it helps you give you the like idea that, Oh, that was a strong album. Even if the middle of the album was shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, mm-hmm. the, the album was good. Like, so. Uh, I got a quick question too, for you guys. Um, I just thought of this on the spot. What do you, like, I can't think of many other examples, but this one came to mind, like KOD from J Cole window pain is technically the outro. It says one of mm-hmm. my favorite songs on the album, but then you got 1985. Like right uh, after yeah. that, would you, you know right. what I mean? Like yeah. a full song, it's kind of a diss song, but like a yeah. bonus in a way. Like I know Ludacris used to do that way, like back in the day. That's all his albums were like. Right. Or like it fade out, and then a hit song would play after, like Welcome to Atlanta or something. Right. Yeah. Like, how do you feel about that? I like that too, cause um um, Watch the Throne did the same thing. They Very had like true. five bonus tracks, and you have to wait like five minutes right, before <laughs> they were all five came on. Right. <laughs> so. That was very true. Sorry, I had to take a sweep there. But yeah, just something I wanted to discuss with you guys, see if, you know, if it had any importance. I know, Gerard, you kind of mentioned the last episode how some people take albums and just try to, you know, compile a bunch of hits. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned it just this episode with Cardi B. So. I feel like with that with that strategy, you really don't have to, you know, make an outro. But like I said, whether it's skits and even outros, I do miss that from albums from back in the day. So right. just a question I wanted to pose to you, too. So thank you for your thoughts on that. And you're doing a good um, job right now. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm feeling good, man. And I want our listeners to feel good when they check out this episode. So um, before we get into the albums we listen to, I actually want to shout out one of my guys, um, Deron Allen, um, actually. Uh, cultured a project of his own his very first um album that he put together or solo project i should i should say um it's called escape from corporate america so um and all of our listeners if you guys can check that out and let me know your thoughts feedback but i'm just proud and again you know we saw it with uh kyle and gerard just having friends you know actually achieve some of their passions their dreams so uh, I, I can't lie. I haven't listened to it yet. I plan to listen to it this week during uh, physical therapy, but I'm just proud of my dude and look forward to, you know, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Um, but again, check it out. It's called uh, Escape from Corporate America. And, you know, I anticipate great things. So shout out to my guy. I saw you had Boldy James on it, too. He did, man. He's 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 connected with some guys. I know we talked about uh, another project with Groovy Corey uh, that they put mm-hmm. together. So Again, I uh, can't say how proud I am of my, my friend, Duran. And, and again, if you guys could check that out, I would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, 
So yeah, man, let's uh, get into some of the albums. I've been listening to some good music this week, and I think you both will be proud of me. I listened to Snoop, B-O-D-R's uh, good, album. Man. Cool. So, uh, Crip, your enthusiasm. <laughs> Hilarious, man. Uh, Drew, I wanted to show you some love. The game's feature on jerseys and the rafters was fire. There you go, right? That's the game I like, man. Yeah, like that. I, that's all I need with this album with Hit Boy. So hopefully, you know, anticipating that one, but look forward to it. Um I never enjoy and then strongly dislike a rapper the way I feel about the baby. Like <laughs> at one point, I'm like, man, this dude is just off. And then he had that situation, and just ever since then, like everything he does just kind of rubs me the wrong way. But Gerard said he hated this, that one too. Yeah. I was just talking to somebody last night. He was like, I hope the baby get beat up, and I was like, me too. But the little guy can fight. You he know? can fight <laughs> and, he can, and he can kill. Just one of them. He can definitely never get to that point. But... Tough. Like, as soon as you think he like, all right, they got him this time. It's like, knocking someone out. Yeah. No, like, no, that's facts. But I actually did like the song Pop Pop. I have to say, I just, I can put my differences with a person aside. I can say that was a good song. But I'm like, damn, I just, I just don't like this guy anymore. I, I almost feel bad about it. But uh, Catch a Vibe is fire. Yeah, uh, yeah. Get get this dick crack me up. <laughs> that's a, that's the beat is story. so fire on that song, though. You said the beat, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. The beat was definitely fire. Um, and I appreciate it. Speak, speaking of outros, the the come to death row. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you tired of you 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 know your executive being all in your videos <laughs> dancing, you know, come to death row like just a chef kiss and a great way to end that project. But overall, really liked it, man. Definitely thought it was a dope album. Um. And then another album I listened to was Big Sean Detroit. Mm. At first, I thought I hadn't heard this mixtape before, and I don't know why, because I definitely listened to it. And it's funny, because I just found myself, like, going back to exactly, like, feelings that I had or, like, stuff that was going on in life listening to this album. So quality or mixtape, rather. Quality mixtape (laughs) brought back a lot of memories. Uh, Love the features, segues. Uh, we talk about skits like he had common Jeezy talking about the connections yep. to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Like I just loved hearing that. And then hearing the younger versions of both Kendrick and J Cole, like I was listening to this album, like damn time flies, man. Like thinking about where they are now as artists, like both consider at least top five in the game. Like and he's got incredible. a young Mike Posner on it too. Mike Posner. I forgot. Yeah. And they always are homies and have a few songs together. Royce so. is on it. Yeah. He's got Royce is definitely on it. Um, you got me wanting to go listen to it again. <laughs> but bro, please. And shout out to your shirt, Drew. I love that Nas shirt you got on, man. That's oh, how you do appreciate it. Appreciate that. Um, but yeah, like time flies, but I really enjoyed that album. Uh, it was dope to listen to and took me back. So, Drew, please, if you check it out, let me know if you had similar thoughts, man. I haven't listened in a while. I, I, that mixtape's fire. That's the mixtape that should have been Hall of Fame for his second album because Hall of Fame was ass and still is Hall ass. Hall of Fame was ass. Oh, my God. Mm. But, you and know, we got Detroit, and then literally right after that, you got, um, what was it, uh, the one with Blessings on it. Um, oh, Dark Sky Paradise. Dark Sky Paradise. That, that album so, is still his best one. Yeah. So Yeah. So, man, I, I got to actually go back and check out some more old Big Sean, but – also, speaking of Big Sean, did you guys see he pressed his hair in the slander he got on social yeah, media? Yeah, that was funny as hell. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> you check that out when you get a chance. It was hilarious, man. Last album I listened to, man, was Juicy J and Wiz Khalifa. Uh, shout out to Jerry because he put me on this album, and it was the perfect album for a Friday. It's called Stoner's Night. So yeah. I think in a very old episode, I talked about uh, the great combination of Juicy J and Wiz Khalifa because their album, T-Guy Mafia, 
Rude Awakening that was released mm-hmm. in 2016. Bang. So if you haven't yep. checked that one out, anybody listening, please go and listen to it. But like I said, uh, Stoner, Stoner's Night was a, a great Friday album. Uh, Memphis style stoner rap with amazing beats that'll have you driving at least 90 on a freeway. So again, if you're going to listen to the album, just be conscious, watch your speed. Cause you're going to be flying out there, but you know, I, they can't miss man. They, they not quite Jay-Z and, 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 uh, Frank ocean combination where it's like, you know, amazing, nothing but hits, but solid. I love juicy J and I was thinking on Thursday, how I needed a new juicy J album. Didn't know about this one. So Jerry put me on and, Man, bangers, bangers. So that's the new music I listen to. So, fellas, we can get into what y'all listen to. But before moving on, any thoughts on any of the projects I listen to? Uh, would you guys be willing to check out Juicy J and, and Wiz Khalifa album? That yeah. one you had. Go ahead, Drive. No, I fuck with it. I think I listened to a couple tracks off of that when it came out. So, but yeah. That Rude Awakening one was my mixtape of the year for 2016. Like, that was one of the best mixtapes, surprisingly. I've ever heard, but yeah, I'm I'm I'll listen to it now. Man. I've had it on my library, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, I haven't listened to it fully, but I, right. I had it saved. Check it out. Probably save it for Friday, because you listen to that, man, you're gonna be you gonna be in a good mood. Maybe Monday. <laughs> Shit, maybe that's the way you start off y'all weeks. But yeah, man. Uh Gerard, I'll start with you. What's some of the music you listen to this week? So I listen to I listen to um I know Nigo, which is mm-hmm. a compilation uh album from Nigo, who's the uh founder and creator of Bape, you know, Bay the Nape, the Cold oh, Line. Yeah, so I listen to that fire. Like he got Tyler the Creator, he got uh Pharrell, he got ASAP Rocky, he got Gunna, uh he got some I'm not sure where they from, so I don't wanna I'm gonna just say Asian. Asian rap group called the Teriyaki Boys. They fire um, ASAP. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Shut up. So you watch them from like South America or something? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> they got they got ASAP Ferg. They have uh, Lil Uzi Vert. It's it's fire. Like, what was their name very, again? Huh? What was their name again? The group you was talking about? Teriyaki Boys. <laughs> now, that's how you come up with a name. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've been on fast and furious soundtracks before. they were I'm, I'm sure they i'm pretty sure they were on one of them oh okay they had a hit song on one of them <laughs> i hope for the sake of racism that you're right but I, you know. <laughs> I do too <laughs> Uh, they also drive. have this album also has um eclipse uh record yeah. on there so but no the whole album is fire uh definitely strong performances from tyler strong performances from rocky um uh Lil uzi vert pop smoke they all mm-hmm. did really well so like yeah it's a dope album so i listened to that oh wait was that the album that we thought was a push T album yeah. yeah. Okay. Because hear no, me, hear me clearly is on there, and so we thought that was the single mm-hmm. from the album, but it was a single from this album. I, I know Nigo. Um, I also listened to Lotto Seven Seven Seven. I want to give her her flowers because one, this girl is supremely talented. Like she can rap her ass off. Like outside of the fact of how attractive she is and all of that, like she raps her ass off, and she even showed like 
uh singing vocals on this album like it's a really good album from a um a female rapper and you know i don't want to just put her into the box as a female rapper because it's a good album like period so like i i you know hope y'all listen to it like lotto put out a good offering with this uh 777 album because she wraps her ass off the whole way so uh, I listened to her album. Uh, she had features from Twenty One Savage, which is a a fire track. She got a uh, a dope track with Lil Wayne and Childish Gambino called uh, mm. "Time," which is dope. She got a track with Lil Durk. Um, she got a track with Nardo Wick and Kodak Black, and she also got a remix coming out with her Big Energy song with Mariah Carey. So I've been seeing that a lot on social media, so I look yeah. forward to that. So that's a dope album as well. And then I listened to an album by Buddy. Um, a frequent collaborator with Nipsey Hussle. Um, he put out his uh, sophomore album called Super Ghetto. This album was like, I enjoyed it because of not just because of how good it was, because it gave you different sounds. Every track was different. Like you never heard the same thing twice. And be, although he's talented, you heard different sounds. You heard different uh, ways of rap. And he's a West Coast artist. So, you mm-hmm. know, you thinking you're just going to hear West Coast. And it's just an eclectic sound. Like, so I think y'all will enjoy it because of how different it is. Mm-hmm. And it was it was super dope to hear artists come in and use a bunch of different sounds and not just be put in a box that's just, you know, West Coast rapper associated right. with Nipsey Hussle. So those are three albums I listen to. Nice. Okay. Well, thank you, sir. Drew, what you listen to this week, man? I listened to that album about an hour ago, that uh, I Know Nego album. And I was, yeah. it's funny because, like, right before I started it, I uh, saw Dave at the gym and I was like, Dave, you listen to it? He's like, man, that album's fucking ass. <laughs> I was like, really? So after Ball, I went to go listen to it. First track, I'm like, this is kind of fire. Yeah. Kept on going. I'm like, damn, what the fuck was Dave talking about? Like, this is actually kind of <laughs> good. Like, um, it, like middle of the middle of the album, it lost steam for me, but imagine if this album came out in like 2014, 2015, it'd be the yeah. hottest album out right now. It's I feel like, honor, yeah, I feel like it's, it's, it's full of like hit features, but nobody's talking about this album this weekend. You know, I haven't really seen shit about it and I've been looking for people to talk about it, but like Gerard says, it's not bad at all. It's really good. Um, the production is, is really like futuristic high level yeah yeah and it sounds clean and polished you know what i didn't like though was the song with kid cuddy want it bad it just sounded like a mess to me yeah but uh i like tyler you know me i I love anything he puts out and he was perfect on these beats and then i fucking need an asap rocky album like why is he hiding behind so many different features right now i won't put anything out you know it's been like five years yeah that asap 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 that Arya song is hard. That's it's amazing. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, it's a song on there that you, um, not the not the Lost and Found freestyle. It's another one on here with Tyler. Uh, oh, the uh, the last one. Come on, let's go. That one is that the one where uh he was talking about going to meet up with a girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, let's go. Yep. Yeah. When he was waiting on her to get ready. Yeah. Yep. That's tough too. So it yeah. sounded like a mix of his last album and the Igor album, which is kind of dope to have that sound like for Tyler on an album like this. Yeah. Um. Other than that, though, yeah, dope album. Check that one out. The other one, and I'm gonna go hard for him because this kid's only gotten better to me. Is Denzel Curry? It's uh melt melt my eyes, see your future. It's a weird name for an album, but like. Every time I hear Denzel, it's just high energy, like a lot of bars, a lot of punchlines, like fast flow all at once. 
from the start of this album till track seven, which has T-Pain on it. Yeah. It's very slow, melodic, but like very hip hop, like very just riding the beat kind of casually. It sounds like a Roots album to me. Okay. Something flips the switch right after that song with T Pain and just back to high energy. Denzel Curry, like he found his sound on this album and he perfected it on this one. And like he's only been in the game for what eight years now or something like yeah. that. He's still kind of a kid, and I feel like his best is yet to come. But it, this is like a staple for me. He's three or four with albums. He had one bad one that was just a mess all over the place. It's called Tattoo, but this one, fire, check it out. Okay. Front to back, a good project. Drew, you mentioned Dave earlier. I know Dave is a big Denzel Curry fan, but also Jerry. Uh, we We've been earlier. chatting about it. Uh, I was like, Dave, what do you think? He's like, another great album from Denzel. So me, me and Dave kind of put me on like a couple years ago. So yeah, I give Dave his props. Well, I'm going to check it out. But I like the comparisons that you made, the roots and higher energy. I mean, it I'm just, definitely going to check it out. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice mix of everything, but nice, complete project. For that That's all I've listened to this week. Well, let's talk about what we watched then. Uh, I think this is actually a great time to discuss. Well, first, I'll start with one thing. I think Snowfall might be my favorite TV show ever, which Ooh. is my praise. But after this past episode, I won't spoil anything. Drew, all I will say is catch up, please. But draw, <laughs> I can see it on your face. You didn't slander me when I said that. So it, it's just incredible, man. Like the writing, like the <laughs> acting, like. The storyline, despite the fact that you kind of know the gist of the story they're telling, is just, I, I, I can't, I, Uncle Jerome is my spirit animal. I know y'all play video games with me, whether it's GTA or <laughs> NBA 2K, I'm always go for the Jerry Curl. I, I always, I always think of you when I see Uncle Jerome, because when you play GTA, you build a character literally the same as him. Like, <laughs> are, I feel like Florida Evans right now, because he's just warm my heart, you don't even know it, but... Literally, like whenever I create a character in a video game, if a Jerry curl is is available, I'm going for it. So when I see him, I just start cracking up because, bro, Drew, you gotta find this, this audio because there's this episode where they they're taking over. I think like a, a director or like a studio, and it ends up housing like porn. So Jerome's like excited, right? So he gets there, but little do they know. They think it's going to be women there. Oh, yeah. Actually, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a certain kind of porn, but not the porn that, that Jerome <laughs> thought it was going to be. I'll leave it at that. So he goes in there. He busted the door. He he is confused and angry. He's like, where's the, where's the titties? Where the, where the bitches? Where the bitches and the titties? So true. Yo, the funniest part about that, because, you know, like, they're, act, they're porn actors. So they're in the middle of a scene. He kicked through the door. We told you it's not what we what he thought it was gonna be. So they was in the middle of something, and he was so he was so like. That's <laughs> true. When you played a clip, you just get with a with a with a woman in the middle. <laughs> hey, where the bitches at? It's supposed to be titties. Where the fucking titties in the bitches? Oh, that show was just. I had to get that off my chest. But please, Drew, please, yeah. I promise you. When you yeah. get into the show, you just. It's going to take you on a ride. But I I just had to say that um, I've been watching Bel Air 2. I actually fell asleep on the the most recent episode, so I have to, not because it's boring. That's another great show. But uh, right now, it's just such great TV shows on the air. And I'm going to use this time, Drew, for what I talked about yesterday. ATL. 
Before you, before you slander ATL, before you, Abbott was back this week, so yeah. don't, 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 yeah, like Abbott was definitely back. Uh, <laughs> another gym, another good one. I thought it was just okay. It was yeah, slow. It wasn't, it wasn't the best episode, <laughs> but it just was one of those moments where it's like, ah, finally back. Like you just feel yeah. like life is normal yeah. again. But um, <laughs> definitely, thank you, Drive, for pointing that one out. But back to my ATL slander. We've waited a long time long time for this show to return and donald glover um doesn't really tweet that much but he's like made sure to tweet like when the show is coming on and i was super excited they actually dropped two episodes the first episode and i want to make sure i i work this correctly because it talked about a very serious or it's based on a very serious situation they put their yeah. own turn onto it yeah but like the entire first episode, you don't even see any of the main characters. And I know this mm. show, they they kind of tell stories sometimes of, you know, stuff not involving the, the TV show. But, like, you don't see any of the characters you've been waiting on for an entire episode. And, like, up until the end, you really just don't know where it's going. Like, I just, there was a highly anticipated feeling for the show to return. And the first episode just left you kind of scratching your head and was like, mm. Like what? Like what? This like none of the characters you came to see like were in it, and it just it was a really heavy episode. Like you just ex- I expected to laugh, comedy, like see all the you know actors you love, and you just don't get that in the first episode. So second one, they show the actual characters, but again, like it's just a lot of stuff going on where you like like what did I just watch like well like <laughs> so I, I wanted to slander it again. The writing is is always going to be solid, but like. When you have such a hiatus, I don't think it's a strong thing to make sure that, you know, you tell this story that's deep and not really funny. Obviously, it's very serious. But like, I, I just didn't get what I was expecting for this show to return. So, Gerard, I don't know if you have different opinions if you watch, but I just I, I, I was kind of disappointed with what I got from the return. So I do have different opinions. I think that because the there was such a hiatus it's been four years since the last um season of atlanta so i think people like had an expectation that you're gonna come in and get all laughs but you have to remember the type of show this is and that's not this type of show like there's always episodes of atlanta where you don't see none of the characters and it just tells a story uh literally the first episode though Maybe not the first episode i i'm i can't i'm a, i'm not gonna say maybe not the first episode because i can't I will have to go back and binge to see if every first episode is like that. I know for sure season one, no, but I don't, I don't remember season two. Or th- this is actually season three, so right. So like, I don't. It's pretty bold for early on in that show still. That, but I think that, it, I think it's a no. I think it's a setup. So there's like Atlanta is a smart uh, series, so it's gonna it's gonna fall back to that. That's th- that first episode has something to do with something, and at the end of that episode, Earn wakes up. You know what I'm saying from a sleeping. I guess. He was dreaming about that. I don't know what that means for the rest of the season, but it has something to do with something. But even season two finale, the FUBU episode didn't have any of the main characters in it. It was just based on something that happened in Ernst's life about him having a fake FUBU jersey. So, But see, not to, I'm going to let you continue, but like I think that's more acceptable when you're ending the season versus starting. And you made a great point that could be, foreshadowing something i know there's always set up episodes in every tv show yeah i don't think your first episode from a four-year return is when you should insert but set up episode. 
there's like I said, there's a setup because that first episode, it was the mother teaching the son, like, you got to get your shit together or these white people are going to kill you. Literally, the next episode, this whole season is going to be about Earn and Paperboy touring in Europe. Mm hmm. You know what I'm saying? About all these white people. The second episode, they was around all these white people in blackface. There's there's a connection in there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It may have been long, just like it's plenty of episodes where they have long episodes that go on about a certain story. We talk about the Teddy Rups Rupkin episode. Yeah. There's set up episodes that at the end of the season, it's like, okay, I get how that was in here. So I don't know. I enjoyed both episodes. Like they weren't the funniest. No, I ain't laugh at all of them. But it was certain spots I did laugh at. Mm -hmm. Like, but and the one episode, the first episode was, I think that was important to me because, like you said, it brought up a real life situation where the little boy was killed by his uh, foster parents. You know, yeah. like, and so, this was a boy that went viral actually for like yeah, a hugging release the hugs, You know, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. so very sad situation. And again, I wanted not taking anything away from that situation, bring a light to that situation. It just was more so, even if they flipped the drought, if they had the second episode be the, I don't know if it would have been possible, be the first episode where you get yeah. a little humor, you see the characters, then you have the setup episode for when they come back next week. I think I'd have been even better with that, but I don't know. I just, I, I wasn't, I didn't get what I was anticipating, but now you have me anxious to see the rest of the season. It's not like I'm going to watch, Stop watching the show, like, you know, be over it, go on social media and slander it, per se. But it's just like, I, I didn't really like a setup episode for episode one after four yeah. years. Yeah, I get it. But, yeah, that's that's all that I had as far as uh, TV shows that I watch. Drew, I don't know, Gerard, if you guys have watched any uh, good TV shows, um, but I want to give you a chance. So, Drew, I'll start with you. What have you watched this week? I finished Love is Blind season two. What a wild ending to that show. What a man. wild ride. Yeah. Wild ending. And I think only one couple got married. Yep. Two couples. Spoiler, spoiler alert. If, if, oh, if no, I'm sorry. Two got married. Two. Yeah, two. two. Shocking. Shocking the second one. One I kind of saw coming. But my guy, my guy Shane, that was the, the, the <laughs> reunion episode was probably one of the best reunion episodes I've ever seen from a show yeah. just because of that guy's shake. Dude, he is a nut job. <laughs> he is just bouncing off the walls the whole time. I don't think I saw season one, but I saw bits and pieces of season two. Um, season two is definitely more more drama than season one. Season yeah. one, I feel like they were playing it a little too safe. I, I, I felt like I gave up reality TV uh, after Flavor of Love, but now you guys got me wanting to go back. And Flavor of Love was a classic. I don't care what nobody said. That provided oh, it is, for sure. <laughs> it, it had a lot of hilarious moments, um, but anyway, y'all got me wanting to go. I'm a back sucker for reality out. TV. I, I like a good reality show. I watch all reality TV. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. It's fun. Even Love and Hip Hop. Yes, I don't. I'm watch especially, that. I'm especially a fan of Love and Hip Hop. Okay, <laughs> like I watched the very first season of Love and Hip Hop with Jim Jones, and that's probably my favorite season ever. Like, <laughs> is Jim he still Jones on about it? To, Nah, he ain't on it no more because he had to stop because he was about to beat somebody up on there. And he was like, listen, this is way too real for me. I got to get off the TV. Like, Smart man. <laughs> like, so. uh, the only thing I, uh, we started watching, we just started season two, and I was Loiter Squad. Loiter Squad. Man, this show's funny. Dude. With, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've talked about that in the past. Hilarious. I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. That 
dude, just like it's base. It is the black jack jackass. The last episode of season one, they actually have a like like sitcom on there called Black Ass. Dude, that shit is hilarious. Like, and then they had Juicy J on there too on one of the episodes. Oh, I forgot about. He came in screaming and caught his wife cheating on him, and he just told her to shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 so yeah that's uh and then we're watching a drama right now on hulu called the dropout with amanda siegfried i got i hope i got her name right All it's right. a it's a true story about this lady um who invented like some medical tech to like test your blood but like fabricated all the stats and all the money and everything and like lied her way to become a billionaire so wow. really good really good Check that out. It's called The Dropout on Hulu. Yeah, I might try. I might watch that. It's wild. Like, she starts, I think it's like episode three. She starts trying to act like a CEO more and she deepens her voice. And it, she's she's psychotic. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> so, Draw yeah. what you watch this week, man. Um, All the same shit that you watched. I watched all of that. Um, And also, I went to go see uh The Batman. There you go. That shit wild trash, I haven't, bro. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. That shit Thank wild trash, bro. Thank I you. fell asleep three times. Trash. That's so crazy because I've seen so many people say it was better than the Dark Knight. Them niggas lying. Them Whoever niggas lying. says it's better than the they're Dark Knight is lying out of their fucking and they just, face. They just, and they're sucking, they just sucking Batman dick because that shit yes. is terrible. That shit, dog. I thought the movie was about to end three different times, dog, and it didn't. And, and the was, ending was garbage. Ass there wasn't fuck. even was a lot of action, at least. Not that what? much. No. Dark Knight, Dark Knight had double the action. Right. You know <laughs> what I hate I'm, people say? So here's some positive stuff. Here's some positive stuff. Catwoman is amazing. She's great. She's a mm-hmm. great Catwoman. Yes, she is. Um, the, way, the way the villains are, um, so the Penguin is different from you've ever seen the Penguin. The uh, the Riddler is different from what you've ever seen the Riddler. Yeah. Um, I liked him, though. I thought he yeah, had a great the Riddler, guy. The Riddler is fire. Uh, Catwoman was fire. Batman, he's a different Batman. He's not terrible. So, like, with without like say he's as like people have mentioned him on on social media as like emo Batman, which he is because he's Bruh. Batman. He's like a young Batman. So, like before he really like figured things out. Like this is like Bruce Wayne when he's just trying to become the vigilante uh, Batman and trying to figure out who killed his father. This that, and the other like. He's that type of Batman, so he's dealing more off emotion than anything. So, right. like, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but right off the bat, he's such a dick to Alfred. Yeah, but he's <laughs> like he's a kid. He's a kid, so like that's that's why I say like you know he's moving more off emotion than anything. Like imagine like a not I don't think he's a teenager, but like early twenties Batman. Yeah. Imagine that it's it's, it's they, they it's year two Batman. Yeah, year two as being Batman, right. So like you'll see like he's a kid, so he's acting like a kid. He's he's very pretentious. He's very like uh for like he's a spoiled rich kid. So like he's yeah. acting as that. Like you know what I'm saying? Like but the other the story like if this was a I'll say like this if this was a series and it was broken up into one hour episodes it'd be fire. Hmm. As a three hour movie that shit is ass. Agreed. Like, so agreed. I want to say. If there is another movie or two with him, I think it'll be. I think those two will be better than this because this felt like a giant long setup, like Bro, a boring. That but dark. you know what I heard people say? People are just like, "Be you know me, I'm a Batman junkie." So mm-hmm. people are just like, 
this is the best Bruce Wayne. He's a detective. He's actually doing detective work. I'm like, that's all he's doing though. He's not doing anything else. <laughs> he's not doing nothing he's barely else. even solving the crime. Bro, like, listen, the, like this is, this is a fuck me up. So the Riddler was in the whole movie. They didn't yeah. catch that nigga to the end. <laughs> and he didn't really catch him. Either. Right. Right. <laughs> You know, no, no. Oh, man. you guys know I love nothing more in life than Batman slander. I know you do. <laughs> you know, I and it kills me because the comics are fire, the animated movies are fire, the Christopher Nolan series was fire, but this man. one was because I spit hot fire. Consider a superhero with no superpowers is just. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna go right into our next segment. <laughs> I'm just really surprised though, in all honesty, because I, I when it dropped, I heard nothing but great things. I have close friends that said it was really good, but when I saw those three hours, I'm like, dude, I'm not gonna lie. I am that person that I go to movies. Once I get comfortable, I can fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So three hours is pushing it. It could have easily been two and a half. Yeah, but you got action. I can make it with three. Nah, so I was looking forward to actually going to see it. But now, just like Spider-Man, I haven't seen it yet. Don't don't slander me too much. I'm probably going to watch it. Yeah, you'll love that. You'll Spider-Man love was that. fire. Yeah. That might have been the best Spider-Man. That yeah, I've heard Spider-Man. that a lot, too. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to wait because I ain't about to sit in no movie theater for three hours. At least if you at the house, you get to fall asleep a little bit. You you at home when you wake up? No, nah, I'm not. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even put this one in my top three, Batman. Like, there's wow. there's movies way better than this one. Wow. I'm going to watch it again because I feel like I'm going to watch it again when it come on, on HBO Max because I feel like it's a lot that I missed. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's gonna lead up. They're gonna make another one. Like For they're gonna sure make they have to. Yeah. And I think yeah. that one will be good. Um. the The other thing I liked about it before we move on, I did like that they dove into like the crime families more because yes. that's a it's a yeah. huge story in Batman that they haven't really touched in the movies. Like they and do. That B is Act Two. So there, <laughs> <laughs> there's three acts to this yeah, Batman. Man. That's oh. Act Two. So you got to get through an hour before you get to that part. So. Like, it just like, felt like there was no epic moment or anything, you no. know, no, no, no serious like casualty or anything. No I don't climax. Know. I... <laughs> no climax. No climax. No. No. Uh... It just yeah, it just kind of fizzled out at the the no, ending. What... Dude, the ending was trash. That's why I said I... when I thought the movie was about to end three times, it's like it'll get up to climax moments and yeah. then it'll even out. A lot of teams. And then it'll get up to another moment, and then it'll even out. And uh-huh. then the end, the end, it just stop. Kind of left you blue before you could really get to that point. All right, B. All right. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, man. Well, I'm loving all this slander. No, I, I want to see if more so I can join in on the slander. Drew. I know. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> you are listen, hating that. Batman's my favorite, and I, I'm going to slander the hell out of this movie. Because you have to, you can't compare it to the Dark Knight. You really no, can't. You can't. Dark Knight, Heath Ledger's performance is still Excellent. incredible. Legendary, extraordinary. Yeah. But yeah, I can go blue in the face talking about it or blue in the balls. Speaking of jokes, <laughs> hey, talk to me, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> but is there anything else that you guys uh, watch? Any movies, TV shows before I ask you about something else that's been on TV a lot? Nah. Nah. Well, let's get into it, man. March Madness uh, revisit. I wanted to discuss real quick because, man, Drew, I I don't know how you're gonna do it. There's a lot of moments you could take from the last episode and do <laughs> kind of like a flashback. But one, I want to give you props and state props because you guys did a lot better than I thought you would do against. They played Duke. hard. Um, they played hard. To be honest, 
you should have won that game. Gave it up at the end, but it, it was way closer than I thought it would be. Um, I remember there was an episode where I said Chet was a guy that I really wanted to see on the Pistons. I really Shit. still have. I still <laughs> think he'll be good in the NBA, but there was a couple games where I literally had to like check ESPN and be like, wait, did Chet get hurt? Because I haven't seen this dude do anything. It was one game he had zero points at halftime. I'm like, oh, he had to be hurt. And it's like, no, they he just, locking his man, ass up. He boy. ain't did nothing. Oh, so. I don't know. I still think he would be really good in the league, but now I just am slightly concerned. <laughs> now I kind of want Jabari Smith. <laughs> so Jabari Smith was good, but the guy I am really wanting on the Pistons is Paolo. Is Paolo. Yeah, um, I agree. Paolo, yeah. He, been he just looks like whenever Duke really needs a bucket, they go to him. He's he's a lot better at shooting than I thought he would be, but his feel for the game, his vision is just what yeah, he, his his finishing at the rim is insane. Like, I mean, the he, guy just has. I just imagine him being next to to Cade. I'm hoping other teams aren't looking at him the same way and thinking he. Hmm. To me, after everything I've seen so far, he he looks like the number one pick. I don't yeah. think he goes number one. I still think the league will like Chet. I still think they like Jabari Smith. Ivy is another guy that I mentioned liking, but man, if we could get Paolo. On the Pistons, I would just be ecstatic. That that guy yeah. just, I understand now why he was out the number one recruit. Like, yeah, he hasn't faded like Chet has. Uh, Ivy in the last game, um, he had an off game. Yeah. yeah, he had an off game. So still really like him. I like his athleticism. But Paolo, man, every game, like when Duke's in the gym, they give him the ball. He creates either with a bucket, mm-hmm. setting somebody up. Like he just the way he's able to impact the game in multiple levels is just. The guy, the guy has it. He has especially it. last game, the Duke, uh, the game that put Duke into the Final Four. It pretty much looked like Coach K just gave the ball to his NBA uh, players and let them go to work because Paulo was going stupid. Like you Man. know, every time, every time you gave him the ball, it was a bucket. It was Bro. a dime. Like fadeaways, like, turnaround jumpers, three pointers in the face. Yeah. Uh, the Euro step that he did against Michigan State still was a move. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, I didn't know he had that in his bag. So. But another flashback, Drew, you mentioned how last week we saw more upsets than, you know, there's always upsets in March Madness. <laughs> but this year just seemed like there was a lot more. But now, I mean, we got our first our first 15th seed in, in the, the Elite final. Eight. Yep. Yeah. Like, I just I, – I'll talk about how I like NBA more than college, but I will say, like, the upset aspect and the one game, you know, winner takes all, I, I do appreciate that. So – I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts. I know I've done a little speaking on my part, but Drew, I'll start with you, man. What's your thoughts on the on the March Madness that you've watched over the past week? I haven't checked my bracket in like a week and a half now. Like oh, I don't even I don't even care to check it. No, there's no point. I'm doing this other little like pool where you had to like pick teams to make it to the final. You had to pick like six teams. I think they're all eliminated now. Like, <laughs> dude, I I'm tuned out. I hate to say it, but. I do want Paolo on the Pistons. I changed from Chet. Fuck Chet. I said after. <laughs> Dude, what the hell happened? I had them going to the finals, and they got their ass kicked. It was such a low-scoring game, too, like 62-58 or something. Like, Yeah. So with Chet, he's a, he's a finesse player, right? So there's ways that you can tune him out the game. You know what I'm saying? If he's not making threes – He's not strong enough to really like move nobody. He's so skin like, and bone. Yeah. So like <laughs> they they was able to muscle him out the paint, which is unfortunate because he gonna have to do that in the NBA. You know what I'm right. saying? So, but you know, he's he's finesse. So I was thinking like you can kind of like use him like you would use a Dirk, 
but those moves wasn't working. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like they, it just wasn't. So it's also look, a faster NBA now too. I mean, yeah. So Dirk, Dirk Styles kind of gone. That that was tough for me watching Chet because like I I I don't usually put a lot into the NCAA tournament because you have a whole body of work and I saw what he did in the season, so he's mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. But to see him against better competition, it's like damn dog. Like right, you, you gotta to see more. You gotta see more exactly. Yeah. So Paulo really impressed me. Jaden Ivey still impressed me because he had an off game. Like and Purdue ended up losing, but he was still getting whatever shot he yep. wanted. And you so, can see like, that's, that's the thing that, right? That's the thing with guards is different. It's like I can he was still getting to his spots. The shots just weren't falling. And you mm-hmm. know if he could have just made a couple more shots, Purdue would have won. Like so, is that was tough, and I know it it hurt for him it, it to uh, end like that for him. But my bracket was fucked up from. <laughs> last week because as soon as uh arizona lost i was like oh well (laughs) (laughs) i just want to add with ivy and i know i mentioned i see a lot of jaw and donovan mitchell in his game one thing i liked about watching him though even when he was struggling a little bit he didn't hesitate to take those shots like he took the last shot that he almost hit at the end of the game when they were down by three with four seconds left but he just has his explosion like you said he's able to get to the basket get to wherever he wants to get on the court has a little playmaking in his game too. So there's just things that you could take away win or win or lose from guys and say, okay, this should translate well in the NBA. Right. Chet, yeah. even though he struggled, I will say at seven one, still able to block shots, still able to rebound. It's just the muscle. Like how much will he be able to com- com- to compete once he gets to the NBA? Um, but it was concerning. Zero points at halftime. And the thing with Gonzaga, like you mentioned. They get a lot of slander because they don't face top-level competition throughout the right. season for the most part. So now that you do, you know, go up against this higher level, it's like, okay, you're struggling. I think the first game in the tournament, he had 19 and 17, but we didn't see that level mm-hmm. throughout the rest of, of you know, their games. So right. that was disappointing, but I still think he'll be really good in the league. It just may take longer than I anticipated, but he's able to shoot. He can go coast to coast. He got some bad foul calls on him, I, I will say. I don't think a couple of those fouls when he fouled out were good, but the refs have been so bad, man. Awful. We mentioned it last week. The game's already slow. They make yep. the game about them. It's just like, dude, get out the way. Like, let these yeah. guys play. <laughs> that technical foul they gave the kid for hanging on the rim when he oh really didn't God. hang that on was the rim. Bullshit. Like, yeah. What that are y'all doing? Like, even Reggie yeah. Miller on the broadcast yeah. is like, come on now. Like, what are we doing? So It's like, dude, momentum. I swear to God, I've seen guys release too soon and land straight on their back. Like, yeah. you gotta. he's not trying to showboat. Yeah, like, he didn't. It was literally he swung towards the basket, came back, let go. It was nothing. Yeah. He didn't show Bo. He didn't show up his opponent. It's just he didn't like, even make a face. <laughs> yeah, like what are you doing? <laughs> even he was shocked. So you just hate to see that. It's yeah. funny. College refs make me appreciate the NBA refs who I slander all the time. But man, it's like night and day. It's yeah, it's really bad for the game. So people like me that don't like college already, the refs just make it bad for you to want to keep pushing. So, right. but overall, it's been highly entertaining. I, I almost feel like. It's impossible for Duke and Coach K not to walk off into the sunset. It just it seems know. like it's setting up for that. But <laughs> if, if North Carolina win, Duke gonna have a hard time in the Final Four. So yeah. like, hey, yeah. no, that's so, true. But can you guys imagine in fifty years when we see a thirty for thirty just on St. Peter's? Right, <laughs> happening. No, so I got a did y'all know? And I just found this out this morning. So the coach for St. Peter's. Played on the McDonald's uh, All American oh. game with Kobe Bryant yeah. and won MVP. Wow! I didn't know about the MVP oh, part. I did know he yes. played with Kobe. And um, listen, so I listened to um, 
uh it wasn't knuckleheads it was um the uh podcast with um all the smoke with uh matt Matt barnes Barnes. and uh steven jackson Mm -hmm. so steven jackson was on that team as well and kobe said that steven jackson should have won mvp dang he talked about the coach like yeah you know blah 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 i forget the coach name won mvp i should have got the mvp so that shit was like when I saw that now shit. Did, did Kobe co-sign that or was this? No, yeah, Kobe co-signed that. Okay, he said okay. Steven Jackson should have won MVP. Cool, cool. Yeah, because cool, cool. that that was the last uh, interview before Kobe passed away. Did he ever so, play in the league at all? No, I don't know. I don't think I don't so. Think I know so. Kenny Smith has commented how he knew the coach and he was a known hooper. Hmm. Um, what's funny to me about the coach is. If you listen to his interviews, he sounds just like Floyd Mayweather. Like, yeah, he does. on, and I'll be cracking <laughs> up do. every time. I'm like, dude, he has Floyd's voice, but no, he's doing a great job, man. A great. I've seen some stuff with like the gym they have at that school is tiny. Yeah. Like, it is. Yeah. It, yo, I listen to the Joe Budden podcast, and so the school is in Jersey City, so it's in the hood. Mm. Like, so they was like, you know, we used to sneak in there just for open gym, just for all the hood <laughs> niggas to hoop. Wow. Bro, that's a regular ass gym. It's like going to the Y. Bro, like, <laughs> their cheerleaders, they have four cheerleaders. And in order, yes. you have to hit a minimum requirement of cheerleaders on the team to be reimbursed for having them travel with the team. They had to leave the four cheerleaders at home because they oh, didn't have my. enough to meet that requirement. Like that's that, crazy. how small, you know, of a school it is. And to see them doing this, like, it doesn't get any more Cinderella than that. So shout out to them, man. They are yeah. shocking the world, literally. Yeah, but let me talk about St. Peter's for a minute. Like, this is how you know in the NCAA tournament, there's a a method to win this shit. Mm -hmm. If you have incredible guard play and can hit the three, Mm -hmm. you're pretty much unfucking stoppable. Like, yeah, because, like, they play zone in college. So bigs can get tuned out easily because you can't get in the fucking paint. But if you can shoot over the top of anybody – swing the ball and your guards can break down anything like you can't guard nobody i mean you can't guard their guards is you're unstoppable like that's what i was saying about Jaden ivy he was getting whatever the fuck he wanted he just couldn't make it so like dude it's like yeah. that george mason team back in the day they were yeah. fun to watch like real right fun. exactly like I, george mason when we talk about ja when he was at murray state loyola um, a couple years ago loyola Steph yeah. when he was at davidson you got Elite guard play, and you can hit the three. Oh, mm-hmm. you can go wherever you want to go. Like, I'm, I'm glad B stepped away because of that damn Eastern Kentucky team that beat state Denzel Valentine. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you just hear B in the back. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was uh, one of the roughest days I've ever watched of the college tournament. But oh man. At least they didn't advance more past that. Yeah. I mean, all they need is one. They're going to live forever just because they was that type of team. They knocked off a Izzo team. Sorry. I'm not even going <laughs> to lie to you guys. I was reminded uh, I made people download Fortnite and then remember I had uninstalled it. Never have played. I know this is a little off subject, but Fortnite <laughs> has taken out the building, which is what scared my old ass from ever playing that because <laughs> I... I ain't got the Minecraft skills to be doing all the building shit, but you take away that building and we just got, you know, the fisticuffs and the guns. I can do that a little bit. So I know six-year-olds and all, you know, playing Fortnite. I'm going to give it a try. I know you can use The Rock and LeBron as little avatars if you want. That's all I needed. I can't do that in Call of Duty. So we about to see. We about to get lit. I'm going to do a little streaming, but I'm downloading now and I'm excited. So sorry. That's what I stepped away for. (laughs) 
You're like a little kid who just got a present. Dude, I'm like, I've been, because, you know, it's like you you sitting by the pool and you dip your toe in water. you like, should I jump in? Should I not? That's me and Fortnite. So now I'm just about to do a cannonball. We about to get lit. It's lit. <laughs> there you go. But, um, no, I, I, I look forward to seeing who ends up winning the championship um, in March Madness. And it's been very entertaining. So I still think the NBA playoffs will be outstanding. I think these will be the best ones ever like i know that's a big mm. reach but Kyrie back so yeah no it's all into dude they were like what a seven or ac so we about to see them playing against man it's it's about to be lit. so miami's crumbling they fighting uh jimmy butler's fighting coach Bo on the sideline and got <laughs> Udonis Haslam telling them over and over again i will beat your ass which if i had to put money on jimmy butler or Udonis <laughs> Haslam scrapping i'm going with i'm I'm pretty I, sure I, there's a body somewhere in Miami. I, let me stop yeah. talking. I don't want to come up this too. No, no, no. Let me butt in. Because shout out to Udonis Haslam. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to fight Udonis Haslam, but I would like to see that fight. No, <laughs> I, I no parts. I, I'm shout out to Udonis because he added me on Twitter once. <laughs> Did he for real? He, I, when I went to Miami for George's uh, bachelor party, he said, hey, Udonis, I'm in the city. Let's hang. I was a young kid, you know. And I was, he just liked it. He said, no, I'm not in the city right now or I would. I don't think he would, but I was oh, like, you gotta oh, show me. I don't know. I <laughs> you gotta seem like a dude that's for the people. Yeah. So right. I, I cool know experience. he's well connected. Um <laughs> I would not fight him. And just for the record, I would never fight Jimmy Butler because Jimmy is I think Jimmy's about that life too. There's just he's got crazy eyes. <laughs> yeah, I just think Udonis is on a level that's a little above, you know, where Jimmy is at. They bro. might be on the same level. I just they both crazy. I don't want to deal with neither one of them. Like <laughs> bro. imagine <laughs> That is literally Udonis' role on the team. You don't play. You you motivate guys when they play in trash, and if anybody steps out of line, you're the bouncer that set everybody straight. Like You just got to have something in your DNA to get that type of job because he ain't been played for real in, like, multiple years, but he's on right. the team every year as an active roster spot. So shout out to Udonis Haslam, man. Shout out. So uh, I want to pivot now. Drew, I think you came up with a great idea. Uh, so this will be the last segment of the show, but we just wanted to discuss some of our favorite comedians. I know we've been discussing comedies, TV shows, st- uh, stand-up specials on Netflix, you know, just throughout episodes. So, Drew, I know you you wanted us to list ours, right? I, I have a list so here. Did, with it, how, long, how many did you, we supposed to have? I have five. Technically, we don't have to do a list. I have a list. Gerard, if you don't, that's completely fine. Let's do, yeah, let's I do got, our I got got five. I got oh, shit. Okay, that's cool. I got honorable mentions, so it's yeah. whatever. But Let's do our top five, and then I got honorable mentions as well, a list of them. Well, let's start with honorable <laughs> mentions, and All then right. go five, 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 and then everybody until we get to Love their number it. one. Um, but before we do that, I just wanted to put or, or note that Gabrielle Iglesias recently became the first comedian ever to sell out Dodger Stadium. Wow. Um, so Jeez. obviously there's been comedians to sell out that's stadiums big. everywhere, but this one was big. I thought it would be great. To add and that all the Mexicans came out for Gabrielle. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, I know I find him funny. Uh, I swear the, the the kid from Modern Family looks just like him, and I used to watch watching the film. <laughs> but um, so yeah, let's just get it started, man. I got honorable mentions here. Um, so I have Dion Cole, who I saw live, hilarious man, like legit funny. Uh, was a writer on Colin, Conan for a while. Now you're starting to see him get his own specials. Uh, part of Black is just. Funny guy, man. I'm glad to see him getting his flowers now. Um, but I had him as my honorable mention. Then I had Gary Owens, who's just hilarious. Like, I always like his stand-up specials. Um, just a funny guy. And I don't want to just shout out 
uh, Instagram and social media comedians. Like, don't have many by name, but I just love the path they're creating for others to get on without having to go to Saturday Night Live or wherever they wanted to go. Um, but my favorite Instagram comedian is Rennie. Um, love them. It's a lot. Ha Davis, a bunch of other people out there. But I just think it's cool as we've seen, you know, Vine kind of make some people like King Batch, you know, really blow up. I just love seeing people get on, you know, just by being themselves and creating content. So shout out to them, man. Word. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, what order do y'all want to go? Uh, Drew, Gerard, who want to go first? Uh, I'll go. I also had an honorable mention. I hope y'all said I'll go. you can go. Honorable mentions, then we're getting to number five. I also had, well, he's technically tied for five because I don't want to put him as an honorable mention, but I also had Dion Cole as uh, tied for my five because I've been watching him since his early Comic View days when he used to write on the pad, and I got to see him live. Like, he's definitely one of the genius comedians out there, so I think he's dope. But also tied with five with him is my man Robin Williams. Like mm. I don't think people are familiar with his stand-up. You only Hilarious. see his outfire, but I had to tell Kiara earlier today because she wasn't familiar with his stand-up. His stand-up is better than him as oh, a yeah. as he's he is genius level. Like Robin Williams was one of the best, you know what I'm saying? So I RP to him and I wish more people saw what he gave to this world, you know what I'm saying? But Robin Williams is Definitely in my top five. Wait, I didn't know that he actually had like a stand up. Oh, no, his stand up, his stand up. I'm telling you, go go look at YouTube. His stand up is better than any role he's done. I think Night at the Met is my favorite one he had. Yeah. Um, tried. He had that. He had that bit where he was talking about being an outfielder in in uh in a MLB. And he was just like, you imagine a guy who's like on coke or something, just like looking at that long white line down the home. And everybody's doing cocaine. Baseball players have to go in front of a grand jury. They're saying, yeah, I did cocaine. Can you blame me? It's a slow goddamn game. Come on, Jack. I'm standing out left field for seven innings. There's a white line going all the way down the home plate. Shout out to Rob Williams. Yeah. Uh, he is on my honorable mentions as well. Uh, I got a lot for honorable mentions, so I'll rifle through them. Uh, Sam Morell, who I've seen twice now. He's a young guy who's probably been out three years now, but he's got a bright future ahead of him. Chris Rock is in my honorable mentions. Some of the best stand-ups I've ever seen. Uh, Nick Swartzen, who has had two specials, but only one of them was fire, but I find myself quoting that special all the time. Uh, Adam Devine B from Workaholics, mm-hmm. one special as well. But I feel like he, if only he does like a few more specials, like to get his name in the comedy world more, he'd be a mega star. Like he's already blown up from Pitch Perfect and shit. Yeah. But... What's funny about him? I actually, I prefer him more in TV than stand up. I tried to watch his stand up. I wasn't a fan. I just think his comedy goes better with stuff like Workaholics. And he's he a, was in my family too. Yeah. They, they write good. I feel like him, Blake, and Durs fed off each other so well, like yeah. their style. But uh, my last two, Frank Caliendo, who used to do all the impressions. All the impressions for, yeah. Oh, my my dad took me to see him at the Fox when I was a kid. And it was I was like blown away with the amount of impressions that one man can do like no, he, he, to perfection. And then my last one who we talked about recently is Michael Che. Just he's two for two right now for standards yeah. for me. So Great just a lot of younger guys on there right now. Drew, real quick, Nick Swartzen, he's in a lot of Adam Sandler, or he was yep. today, right? 
Yep. Okay. He was in uh, Grandma's Boy. Yeah, I seen know him. exactly who you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. No, he's pretty. He's funny. got one of the best stand-up specials I've ever seen. You got to send me the name of it because I actually haven't. I haven't watched that, but it's I called Seriously Who Farted. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me. Speaking of comic view, Gerard, remember when Ricky Smiley was the host? He used to have the band called Who Pooted. Yeah, who pooted? <laughs> Yo, another shout out for a comedian, Joe Coy. Joe Coy is super dope too. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of him, but I got I check him out too. I used um, to love listening to the Ricky Smiley show in the morning before school. It was such yeah. a great way to get ready. Ricky Smiley, Russ Parr, Russ Parr was God when it comes <laughs> Dude, to radio. He was, he was so good, man. Yeah. Bring back memories. The, uh, the what he had the Zodiac song. Is it oh, yeah, yeah. Is it yep. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, let's so let's get into number five. Um, Drew, you actually named somebody I have on my list uh, that I'll get into later, but I love the point that you made because I had that within my notes, but. Without further ado, my number five is actually Kevin Hart. Um, mm. I felt compelled to put Kevin Hart on here because I think he gets a lot of undeserved slander. Um, I think when people watched him, like as he was ascending and growing and loved him, when he reached like a certain point, I just feel like after a level of success, like you saw people and, and seeing him everywhere, like people just kind of look for things to dislike, in my opinion. Right. Um, but he's broken history. Like we talk about selling out, you know, venues and stadiums. Like he was on tour a few times. I've seen him live actually really great seats at Eastern. I think I was third row. Um, and he was amazing. Like at that point he was still, I forget what special that was for. I think that might've been 2010. Seriously funny. I think, I think so. But like with him breaking history and I respect like how much he's been able to, and his standups, like, I think he's one of the best for, establishing a story and mm-hmm. like bringing it up an episode or in jokes later. Like I just never have seen anybody be able to do that the way that he has. Um, yeah. Movies are okay. Uh, some better than others. Paper soldiers will forever be a classic. If you have not uh, seen that movie, yes. please check it out. This is like Kevin Hart before he was mm-hmm. doing any of this up, but hilarious. Um, but no, I just, I feel like he gets a lot of slender. Now people say he's like not funny, but the way also he put on his team and got them to a level of success is similar yeah. in a way to LeBron and the NBA and like Mav Carter, uh, Rich Paul. But like, I, I just, I feel like he gets slandered sometimes when he doesn't deserve it. So I had to put him on my list because of all that he's done and all that he's done for people that come after him. Like I mentioned the, the Instagram comedians, social media comedians, like, he has some of them writing for him now and like giving them, you know, some some pointers or seeing them on social media. So I got Kevin Hart at number five, yeah. man. The, okay. the special he had with Shaq and Bron in it when they were both on Cleveland, I think it was seriously funny. That one, that's like if you're talking about individual stand up performances, that's top five to me, hands down. Like, yeah, dude, so impersonating Shaq when he would fall. And... <laughs> <laughs> hey, what oh, people talking about not being funny? I'm just like, come on, bro. Bro, like, he what? had LeBron like crying out of his seat, like standing up and like applauding. Like... No, legit. And I can understand if you say like Kevin Hart is annoying to you, I get that. But when you just say he's flat out not funny, that's when I'm like, come on, like I, I can't. Just, yeah, like impersonating his his grandpa and everything, his dad. Like this is not a joke. This is what he said. I said, Grandpa, when the last time he has a mask? This is exactly what he said. He said, Hey, hey, look at me, okay? Hey, 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 what I do? You know what I did, all right? Okay, hey, let me tell you something. I put that key in that door and locked that motherfucker, didn't I? His dad, yeah. Checking the mirror and all that. Like, <laughs> is his role manager? Like, oh my. You're right. He's up there for sure. He's a goat. When no, it comes absolutely, to comedy. Man. 
So yeah, that's my number five. Go ahead, Jerome. Oh, I said my number five already was Robin Williams. So oh yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. All right, mine. He's had a rough life, but it's it's Tom Green. If anybody's ever seen mm. Freddy Got Fingered yeah, or Road yeah. Trip, <laughs> he's got a special place in my heart for that middle schooler in me who was growing up and just like going through puberty and everything. I feel like he yeah, was. Would the... you like some sausage? I'm being creative. Now, if you'll excuse me, I still have some work to do. Daddy, would you like some sausage? Daddy, would you like some sausages? Daddy, would you like some sausage? Uh, that i i should not have seen that movie at such a young age it's fucked up it's a very fucked up movie but he's a goat like i've seen his stand-ups countless times like uh shout out to eric dixon like we would watch his stand-ups then go watch his movie like back to back and yeah just good times he's for sure in my top five i actually appreciate the fact you guys are bringing up comedians that i either forgot about or Hadn't heard before because I'm about to do a lot of research, like I do with music, to check out some of these stand-up specials, man. Because y'all got me laughing already just for me to <laughs> joke, so I look forward to it. My number four, let's see here. I've this was the person I had in my top five that you mentioned, Drew. But I have Chris Rock. Mm. Um, always appreciated how much his comedy forces you to sit back and like think, like, damn, yeah. that is a great point. Like his stand-ups are really good. I don't think I've seen them all in full. Um, I forget some by name, but I just find myself being like, damn, I never thought about that. Um, as far as stand-up material, I personally actually, and again, I, I know this might be considered a hot take or oh, hot, 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 hot. controversial, <laughs> but like, if I had to choose between him and Dave Chappelle as far as their stand-ups, I actually probably would go with Chris Rock. Ooh. Um, and I, again, I know that a lot of people be like, oh, he tripping. I could be, <laughs> but I just appreciate like thinking like, damn, like, that's funny, but also, like, I never really considered that. So, uh, and his movies are, are, he's got some really solid movies I think he doesn't mm-hmm. get enough credit for. Head of State, yeah. hilarious. Pootie Chain, uh, people can hate it or love it. I personally liked it, but Bad Company is a movie he has that I think is highly underrated. Down to Earth. Down to Earth. Down to Earth is my favorite. Down to Earth is the one. Down to Earth was the next one I had, but... Bad Company is with uh, Anthony Hopkins as, like, the next yep. star in that movie. Yeah. So, I think he did a really good job. Like, I really liked that movie. But Down to Earth was hilarious and was what I had on my list for next. And can't forget, obviously, him being Pookie in New Jack City. But, yeah, or I have Chris Rock, man. I appreciate his comedy. All right. I, I love Rock at Four. I don't have Rock in my list at all, but I do appreciate his contributions. Like, But my number four is Patrice O'Neill. Uh, mm. I don't think a lot of people are aware of uh, his genius, but I think Patrice O'Neill. Ain't that better? <laughs> Let me go make you a better sandwich, a, a turkey sandwich on 47 grain bread with no mayonnaise and, and bean sprouts. Tastes like rat turds and, and twigs. Ain't that better? Ain't that better? A dry sandwich you don't want? Ain't that better? I'm sorry. You remember that state? Ain't that better? <laughs> <laughs> I think Patrice O'Neill was gone too soon, and I think had he had lived a little longer, he would have laid out his groundwork. You know, I I consider Patrice O'Neill in the school of Bernie Mac, like mm. to where like they it's conversational, but every time they tell you something is real shit, it's just funny. You know what I'm saying? So like, I thought he was super dope, and just to see that all the comics that we enjoy today, like uh, Kevin Hart and uh, I, t- I heard Mar- uh, Marlon Wayans talk about, you know, going on the road with him and they 
talk talk about him as, with so much reverence. So, like, look at look at his stand up, and he's super dope. I like Patrice O'Neill at four. Yeah, uh, Kevin Hart actually mentioned how he's like a lovable asshole, which is like <laughs> one way to put it. But he just talked about like his, his level of comedy, and like he would talk about stuff, and he like took pride in talking about stuff that made people uncomfortable. Yeah. Not like creepy, but like raised and like literally would like watch people walk out sometimes because they couldn't handle how heavy his material was. And like that would like get him going like that was his goal. So, no, definitely gone too soon. R.I.P. Patricia Patrice O'Neill. Ah, well, my number four is another late comedian is Mitch Hedberg, who was one of the comedians who was like a pioneer of like punchlines back in the day. And all he would do is like punchline, 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 stayed out an obvious, like something people would never even think of. Like the, the one that everyone talks of, he says, uh, he's talking about this, uh, Dr. Pepper. He's like, you ever seen the bullshit Dr. Pepper, Mr. Pibb, the guy who doesn't even have his degree. I had a Mr. Pibb. Mr. Pibb is a replica of Dr. Pepper, but it's a bullshit replica because dude didn't even get his degree. Why'd you have to drop out and start making pop so soon? The commercial for Diet Dr. Pepper says it tastes just like regular Dr. Pepper. Well, then they fucked up. He had a rough really, life, though, huh? He has, like, a really unique delivery, right? Like, doesn't he talk, like, really slow and, like, late? Very, yeah. Yep. And he's, uh, he wears shades. He had long hair and yep. just, like... His delivery was flawless, though. Like, would never crack a smile or anything. Just kept going and like. I love me some dry humor. I, dude, it's it's one of my favorites. But like another guy who like he, I, I felt bad because he was like on the verge of breaking out and like being huge in the comedy world. But he passed away too soon. He battled with a lot of pills, cocaine, and heroin. Yes. So yeah. he had a rough life. Yeah, R.I.P. That's a great addition, Drew. Another comedian. I I forgot. I. I thought I knew who that was, so I had to Google it. But as soon as I saw him, I'm like, no, no. I appreciated his delivery. Um, and he had a very unique style, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. For sure. But yeah, RIP, man. My number three, uh, someone we are very familiar with and have discussed uh, multiple times on the show, Damon Wayans. Um, <laughs> another comedian I don't think gets enough credit. Um, obviously, his older does. brother, Keenan, started it for the family um, with Living Color, but it was actually like Damon that made it to SNL. He got yep. fired, you know, refused to basically be Eddie Murphy's replacement. Um, but like, he didn't feed into the comedian that they wanted him to be. Like, yeah. I think it takes a lot. Actually, you kind of do see people, you know, conform, but he was not somebody that wanted to do that. Also put Marlon on with Mo Money. Um, mm-hmm. My wife and kids, as we discussed, arguably one of my favorite sitcoms ever, but like, he has really good movies. Um, Major Pain is one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> Blank Man, another classic movie. Man, so yeah. if you guys, anybody out there listening, you haven't seen either one of those, please check it out. But no, I just think he's really good at what he does. And I just admire, you know, not being willing to. I mean, once you get to SNL, it's kind of like back in the day, like you made it. But like yeah. he went out his way to get fired and still had success. And I think that took a lot. So Personally, my favorite Wayans brother, and it has a lot of great material out there. So that's my number three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Damon is definitely the go to the Wayne brothers as far as comedians is concerned. Like Keenan, Keenan wrote a lot of shit. And he's the businessman, but Damon is the funniest motherfucker out of them. So Sean and Marlon though, with those scary movies, those were great. <laughs> yeah, they are they are dope writers, but they learned all that shit from Damon and Keenan. So yeah. like, 
Yeah. Um, my number three is someone who B already talked about was Kevin Hart. You know, you got to give him his credit for like how he got to where he is now. Like he went to the school of Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor and just multiplied that shit. You ain't gotta, mm-hmm. you ain't gotta care about how funny he is. He funny to me. And I don't give a fuck how funny he is to anybody else, <laughs> but his business sense is top notch. You know what I'm saying? And what he's done as far as making lucrative uh, amounts of money off of his stand-ups is amazing. Like we seen Eddie blow up off of two stand-ups. You see Kevin continue to put out stand-ups and keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So I gotta give him credit for that. And um like I his little stuff is uh um seriously funny and um what is it the little man which one whatever one that is like all of those is fire. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, Kevin Hart is my number three. I love it. Be you ready for the show to come to a pause? A little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Eric Andre show! Eric Andre is my number three, baby. Oh, well, this has been another episode of... <laughs> Dude, he's fucking... It's something about his comedy style. It's so, like... The show itself is like it's out there. I'm not even gonna lie. There's a lot of shit that goes on in the show, just like shit a lot of people think's disgusting or you know not funny, as B would say. It tickles me every time I watch it. I find myself crying, laughing to every episode, and then especially the fact that like the guests, if the guests read or they do a little homework, they'll know what the show's about. But a lot of time they just go in cold turkey, and he fucks with them to the fullest. Man. And on top of that. I think it was last year or the year before he put up a stand-up or put out a stand-up that was just, I cried the whole time. Just one of my favorite comedians ever. Dude, I'm not going to lie. You asked me to please watch this episode. It was like 14 minutes long. I couldn't do it. I couldn't lie to you either. Say I was going to do it. Like, could you, <laughs> could, just for me, just one. I, Drew, I do a lot of stuff for you. Paul, no, you don't. Not enough. I, I can't, I can't, I cannot get myself. Nah, that's the only person on your list so far. I'm like, no, he don't do it for me. Next time I come by, I'm just going to randomly put it on then. That's just... the only way I'm watching. I'm going <laughs> to be honest with you. Like, this, this is not happening. But shout out to you for, you know, loving who you love. Because <laughs> ain't no way. But my number two uh, has actually been mentioned a little bit by Gerard. My number two is Bernie Mac. I don't think people understand how much he changed family sitcoms. Uh, he often, and even with the uh, Kings of Comedy, he talked about how, like, America was scared of him. And he had a point like he was brutally honest like Gerard said had conversations with people but like talking about your kids being soft like uh popping them or like whooping them on television like (laughs) people just wasn't doing like you didn't talk about stuff like that I remember when he had the show like people were nervous like oh my gosh should we be having these talks with America about spanking your kids like right it was super (laughs) controversial but like it was real like it was a real look at being a black father figure and talking about maybe not even specifically black. There's white people out there to get spankings or whooping, whatever you want to do to punish a child. But like talking about real shit had personally to me, the best comedy routine ever with I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. When <laughs> the story is told, the dude before him got booed like booed. crazy, <laughs> like bad, badly booed. Right? Like, <laughs> comedian, like if you're a comedian, it takes a lot to even go on stage, but him, he started that motherfucker saying, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers, and started talking his shit. I like. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Y'all like a bigger than egg sandwich look good. But I love sex, and I'm blessed. I'm big bonded. I'm heavy structured. I'm hung low. If I pull my shit out, this whole room get dark. Kick it! 
I watch that and laugh every single time. <laughs> like, I, I just appreciate what he's done, and he has uh, some good roles in movies. The classic Ocean's Eleven and Twelve yeah. and Thirteen. He was in. Uh, he was in Head of State with Chris Rock. So, uh, and then again to mention uh, Kings of Comedy, which was a classic, hood classic. So, Mister Three Thousand, Mister Three Thousand, <laughs> which I, I appreciate that movie too. So, so Bernie Mac, and it's funny the way I kind of interacted with Aiden as he grew up, and like just kids, like I would like pop Aiden. I wouldn't like spank him. I would just pop him on kind of like his forehead when you do something wrong, and like just the way that I talk to kids, like I'm inspired by Bernie Mac, just keeping it real, like. You always hear people talk to kids and like, oh, how was your day? Like, no, nah, like I'm talking <laughs> to you like anybody else. Like you do something wrong. I'm going to let you know, like that ain't what we do. So shout out to Bernie Mac going way too soon. RIP. Uh, but yeah, that's my number two and my top comedians. I love that relationship between him and Jordan. That just- <laughs> Dude, like that is so many families like that have relationships like that, but you never really saw anything like that. Until mm-hmm. it shows, so man, baby girl, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Bernie, great theme song too. Who you with? Yeah, no oh, man. man. He had Triple H on there, and shout out to Triple H who just announced that he's retiring from in-ring performances. Man, I made me a Thank little God. emotional. I know Thank we talked about wrestling, but Triple H, love him or hate him, man, he was one of the best villains in in, in WWF WWE history. Man, you got to give it to him. At Did all you hear that Stone Cold's coming back to WrestleMania? <laughs> Give me a hell yeah. I did hear that. Um, yeah. but we'll, we'll share to, this another time. <laughs> yeah, the Triple H just real quick. He used to have kids everywhere, literally trying to do his routine of spitting water out. Like, there's nobody I know that hasn't tried that at least once. Pause. Like oh, that, yeah. that just was legendary, man. All right. Well, my number two is uh a person that a lot of people consider the GOAT, but I'm at number two, and it's Eddie Murphy. Hmm. I think um Delirious and Raw is two of the greatest stand-ups of all time. Um, and he only did those two and became a superstar after that. Did SNL, put out Boomerang, put out uh, countless movies, you know, like... Bowfinger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just naming offbeat movies from all these people. <laughs> countless movies, you know, to create himself as a superstar. And I think that that's the, that's the blueprint. Every comedian wants to follow that blueprint, whether it's to be a star at stand-up and then going to SNL or be a star at stand-up and then becoming a movie star. That's what people want to do. And I think Eddie Murphy uh, made the way, and he's one of the greatest to do it. You know, mm-hmm. So I have him at number two. Nice. He uh, he was in my honorable mention because uh, I just saw Delirious a couple of years ago, and it was I was crying laughing watching yeah. it. Um, my number two is Lewis Black, who is now a very, very old comedian. Yeah. And he, uh, <laughs> somehow in high school, it was like late middle school, early high school. I heard one of his standups. I'm like, this is gold. And then I realized after that, he's been around the block for a while and he had like four other standups out. And I just, I dove into all of them. I went to go see him with my mom a couple of years ago. Um, he's been on, uh, comedy central. He had his own show in there. He was on the daily show too, with, uh, John Stewart. He had the segment back in black and then, uh, movie wise, he was in the movie accepted, uh, with the college. He was the Dean oh, of the college. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Dude, his standups to me were just like, I'd never really cared about politics at all. And I still really don't, but like the way he bashed the government and just the way everything's fucked up in this country, it just, it hit with a young mind like back in the day with me. And it just, I still, I still love him. I still love his craft and what he does and just how he brings up just old shit from his past that just 
how it's fucked up now because of the past. It's a great style. Drew, I'm I'm really other than Eric Andres. I'm loving your list because you got some people on there that's just making me think like, damn, I need to check him out. Like me and Gerard have a lot of similar people, but I love the aspect that you're bringing to this conversation of just people. That we that we like, we grew up completely the same and completely differently. That's why we all love the same people. No, you know? I'm loving that man. Um, I gotta check him out because I've seen him. I had to literally Google him. I've seen him, but I don't remember any of his material. So I'll definitely check him out. I will send you personally some of my favorite. Uh, sketches that he has or some of the favorite before, segments yeah i watched those before i watched eric andre's i promise you that um, <laughs> <laughs> my number one um actually gerard's Damn number me. two uh eddie murphy is my comedic goal like so gifted like such range uh he makes an impact and dry you name one of his movies but like whether it's shrek as a donkey mulan as the dragon i spy which is a probably my most underrated but loved eddie murphy <laughs> movie Life, Daddy's Daycare, even Norbit that gets slandered, but Norbit, to me, baby. found it hilarious. But like, you got hood classics like Vampire in Brooklyn, which most of our listeners probably never seen, but is actually Eddie Murphy becoming a vampire. Sounds crazy, <laughs> I know, but has Angela Bassett in it. Really good movie. Um, but I can watch his interviews, like literally his interviews of just talking for hours, like whether it's, um, let's see, I, I think he's been on Conan. I know he's been on Jimmy Fallon. Uh, what was the show? Was it Actors in the Studio? He has a great episode on there. I think you guys remember that show. He was he was on the show uh, Comedians and Cars Comedians getting coffee with, yeah. Yeah. with, with, that with Seinfeld. Yeah. That was really good. Um, shockingly, I've never seen either Raw or Delirious in full, like either one of them. But I will. Oh, but- Delirious! Delirious to me is better than Raw, and I know that's kind of Raw is like the golden one. Everyone, t- I think yeah. Delirious is better. Both I of mean, them are good, though. they are. I, I, you talked about the goal, but like I mentioned, Gabriel Glacy is like selling out stadiums. Like all the comedians now that are accomplishing that, they had to break records that Eddie Murphy broke and that stood for at least 20 years. Matter of fact, Kevin Hart mm-hmm. was the first comedian that broke a lot of the records that he set. So, like, yeah. they've interviewed him and asked him, like, what do you think? He's like, I mean, it's still people trying to break records of stuff that he did like way back. But then on SNL, as Gerard mentioned, like he did characters, but it, like he never was like an embarrassment or like corny, like doing too much. Like he did care. Like his James Brown is hilarious, but like he didn't sell out to like make fun of any black entertainers at that time and being the only black person on SNL. So, yeah. you know, I just I appreciate Eddie Murphy. Um, there's this one interview he's asked about with um, Johnny Cash. Johnny <laughs> Cash, I guess. So when when Eddie Murphy was on SNL, he was super young, right? He was but, like nineteen. Yeah. Right. So he was super young, but he would sometimes hang out, but he would have to do his own thing because he was so young. But Johnny Cash was on the show, and I guess it got wind that uh, Eddie Murphy wasn't going to come hang out with everybody um, after the show. So he does an impression, actually, of Johnny Cash. Where he said Johnny Cash was like, Eddie, you're not going to come to my party? <laughs> Eddie Murphy's like, no, nah, man, I ain't going to check it out. But, you know, if you get invited by Johnny Cash, he's like, I got to go. But he said Johnny Cash was like, Eddie, my wife sure does love you. And his impression gets me every time, bro. That impression you're doing is killing me. <laughs> Eddie Murphy is my goat, man. I appreciate him. I love him. I love Charlie Murphy, his brother. Like yeah. I saw um, him at OU, and it wasn't the best performance, and I feel bad, but it was like 
nobody could hear him, but he was funny as shit to me. Dude, Chappelle show he's hilarious, and mm-hmm. Eddie does a great impression of his oh, brother, brother Charlie Murphy. Oh, dude, God. like Miss Jenkins, my brother said, if I was walking down the street. And I see Miss Jenkins right now punching the face. That's the he, funniest shit. Yeah, he just he, like he 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 talks about his brother. Actually, is the reason why he got into comedy. He wanted him to get into a talent show and win the money. He told him to do, uh, I think it was uh, Muhammad Ali. He told Eddie to do impressions because he will win the money. So Drew, like, you gonna good. win that shit? You gonna win that shit? <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually in in one of the movies that uh, it's a heckler. That is bothering Eddie Murphy in either Delirious or one of the specials he did. But Charlie like, actually oh, yeah. stands up and tells the heckler that he will like whoop his ass. Yeah, yeah. So that like it's just it's just amazing, man. Eddie's my number one. He's my goat. I love that dude to death. All right. Well, I have uh, my number one is Eddie's mentor, Richard Pryor. Mm. So Eddie looked up to Richard Pryor, but Richard Pryor did not show him the love back that he wanted. So (laughs) it pushed Eddie to be much better. But Pryor is the godfather for a lot of reasons. And a lot of reasons because his storytelling, like Pryor would tell you stories of personal things in his life. That's if you talk about it regular, it's traumatic. You know what I'm saying? He grew up in a whorehouse. His mom was a whore. His dad was a pimp. You know what I'm saying? Like, he took those experiences and put them into stories. He battled with drugs and sexuality and things of those natures and still came out to be one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. So I got Pryor as um, my number one, and he's pretty much the the standard of what comedians strive to be. So, Draw, so, I, I just got to point out one joke that gets me every time. Where he he likes the match, and he said y'all said that this was Richard Pryor running down the street <laughs> when, he, when he had gotten that situation. I think he yeah. was like freebasing, doing drugs. Freebasing, anyway, he got set on fire, set on fire, yeah. And took off down the street. So he literally did on the stand up, lighting a match, and said y'all said this was me running down the street. Also, y'all did some nasty ass jokes on my ass too. Oh yeah, y'all didn't think I saw so many motherfuckers since you love me so much. I remember this one. Just strike the match like this. It's like, what's that? Richard Pryor running down the street. <laughs> and that cracks me up every time, dog. So, yeah, definitely. I thought that was your number one drive, but definitely the GOAT of GOATs. And yeah. a lot of people say that they were inspired by him. So, yeah. And also had a movie with Eddie, uh, Harlem Nights, which is another Harlem classic. Yep. Uh, my number one is Dave Chappelle. And I just, from growing up, I feel like he was just the number one comedian of all time to me. Like, he took that hiatus, and I know we were all pissed as kids, like, damn, we ever going to see him again? And when he came back and got that Netflix deal, he's just been unleashing, like, gold after gold after gold. And the way he connects with, like, current events and everything, and the like you said, B, with Kevin, like, his storytelling, Dave will set you up for a long joke yeah. that has a, yep. it's slow. But goddamn, if that punchline doesn't make you cry laughing oh, or... Yeah. Dave is the best at that. that he's oh my the best God. At yeah. It's such a craft in its own to like tell such a long story like that. But then yeah. like two seasons alone, a Chappelle show are like some of the best comedy I've ever seen. Yeah. I feel like all sketch shows strive to be like that, you know? Absolutely. Yes. So Dave will always be my number one. And the, the killing them softly and the um, fuck what was the other stand up he had while Chappelle show was going on. I can't remember it. He's killing him softly in another one. Yeah. Half Baked is a classic. Half Baked is a classic. I want to point out there's a joke uh, 
that he didn't want to stand up about Kevin Hart, where he took his son to see Kevin Hart. And yeah, they they see Kevin Hart, and he asked him to go back to room. Yeah, he's like, you, y'all want to? Hey, have some food. And he and Dave Chappelle's like, Nah, man, we just we just ate. But his son's like, Oh, please, I haven't eaten in hours. Like, is uh, is Kevin here? Uh, my son just wanted to meet him real quick. Well, I don't know, because Kevin's about to eat dinner. Just think Kevin came around the corner to see who it was. What? Oh, shit. What's up, Dave? Come on back. I was just about to have dinner. I don't know if you guys ate, but you're welcome to join me if you like. And then my son pushed past me some cold shit. He goes, actually, Mr. Hart, we haven't eaten in several hours. <laughs> that joke gets me every time. He's like, my son embarrassing me and shit. Just, just eating all fast. <laughs> Oh, well, classic man. That one that that's the one deep in the heart of Texas. That stand up on Netflix is like what a great comeback for him that he had. And then the last one, the um the Sticks and Stones, one of the last ones he had yeah, like that was good. The way to wake up like the trans community and everything. Like I don't want to call anybody out here, but like he he made a statement with everything. And I mean, I hate to say it, but he feels a lot of the way a lot of people feel. Yeah, he he puts I, it into he puts it into respective terms. I'll say that I think Chappelle is quite possibly one of the smartest comedians because like like there everybody has their talent, but I think the way Chappelle sets his jokes up and gets it off, you know, for you to like think about it, you know, what mm-hmm. I'm saying like it could be funny, it might not, but you're gonna think about it at the end of the day. I think Chappelle is the best at that for sure. No, that's facts. And fellas, I think we did a great job. I, I thought this would be a good segment. Drew, great idea. Thank um, you. But it went even better than I anticipated. So shout out to you guys for the listens that you created. And I look forward to thinking or hearing rather what our listeners think. Um, but Drew, I look forward to those clips you send me because, man, this conversation, just thinking <laughs> of some of these jokes, man, I'm, yeah. I'm in such a good mood. So I'll insert a bunch for the drops too. Oh, man, <laughs> I look forward to that. But yeah, anything else we want to add about our favorite comedians? <sighs> No, I'm out of laughs today. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I'm, I think this is a great time to end it. Uh, this was a lot of fun, man. I appreciate you guys. But more importantly, I appreciate our listeners for giving us a chance to, you know, you give us that hour, hour and a half, you know, of your week, checking us out, man. So, again, please tell us some stuff you guys want us to talk about. Let us know any feedback, anything y'all want us to improve. Um, but we appreciate all the love and support. So, until the next time, this has been another episode of Two Hip Hop Senseis and Casual. And y'all be easy. One. Take care. Two senseis in a casual.